0: The Bible is filled with stories of God using ordinary people to accomplish His extraordinary work throughout history. These people were transformed by their willingness to trust and obey God's call. Like us, they lived out God's plan one day and one moment at a time, not knowing how their stories would end. so wonderful to be here with you today. And as Pastor said, we are just celebrating an extraordinary God today. Ordinary people, extraordinary God. I have chosen today just to look at an incident in the life of David. And if you'd like to, we're going to turn to 1 Samuel or 1 Shmuel, right? You've been watching The Chosen, Shmuel, Shmuel is Samuel, Uh, chapter 17. So if you do have your Bibles or your Bible app, just uh, turn to that. We're also going to look on the screen, that should be coming up as well, and we're just trusting God. Hey, I have three points. (laughs) I have a sermon. The third point has three points as well. How about that? Okay, so you're in for a little extra bonus, and here's my trusty helper right there, just so that you can get home and have some lunch as well, and be blessed in every way. Let's pray. Lord, we just love you today. We thank you for this wonderful time of worship. Thank you that you've opened our hearts and minds, that we're focused on you, Lord. All the little distractions are behind us. Lord, as you draw us into your word today, we thank you for your word because your word is truth. And man, Lord, we need truth today. We've been lied to so many times. And Father, I pray today that through uh, your historical account of David and Goliath, you will open our minds, our hearts, just to understand, Lord, how we can break free of the lies and live as ordinary people with an extraordinary God. So we bless you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as I was preparing this, I realized and recognized, and I will say this as well. This morning, as we were gathered together, uh, as we do for Hillside Guest Services, listening to some of the requests for prayer. I recognize that there is a level that we get to when all we see in front of us is a giant. We recognize that we've tried everything and there's nothing ahead. But we have to break through that. God has promises for our lives. He wants us to live in those promises. He wants us to live an extraordinary life. That's what he's blessed us with. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're one of his chosen, he chose you, but he chose you for a purpose. He has a plan for you today. So listen up. I'm going to help you to see some things, I hope, through the power of God to enable you to live that life as an ordinary person, a follower, a disciple of Jesus. Okay, David was a shepherd boy. Frankly, you know the story, right? It's one of the favorite Bible stories. We're not going to go through the whole thing because you'll see how David started off as a shepherd boy. He became anointed by God and became king of Israel and one of the best kings of Israel, known throughout history as King David. He was a warrior god. But he was responsible for so much and establishing Israel at a time when they were struggling under Saul. So we're kind of going to jump into the story here where Saul and the Israelites are lined up on one side of the valley and the Philistines are, land, are just lined up on the other side of the valley. Now, please don't think of a massive valley like this is the Ohio Valley, right? No, they could see each other. They could almost spit on each other. They were, if, if you see a picture of the actual valley that it took place in, you think, hey, this is just a ditch, man. This is not a valley. I'm used to mountains 3,500 foot high. You know, there's valleys between mountains. But it was a valley, so we'll take it as a valley. But here they were lined up. And the first thing that I want to just open your heart to Is if as you read the story, you will see that the Israelites were being lied to and stolen from. All right? Be aware that as you live your life, you are going to be lied to and stolen from. But God has a plan for you. And so you'll be able to see through this that, of course, there's hope, but it happens time. And time and time again. All right, I'm going to start in verse 4 of chapter 17. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Wow. I'll tell you as a tall guy. When you stand next to a guy who's taller than you, you feel petite. <laughs> you are overwhelmed, and you're just not used to it. This guy stood nine feet tall. I don't know if you can imagine it, but I want to say this at the outset. Goliath was big, but God was bigger. Amen? Amen. Amen? When you see a Goliath in your life, when you see things happening around you that you think are insurmountable, I want to tell you, there is nothing bigger than God. So have that hope within you. Watch how this works out to the advantage of Israel, God's chosen ones, God's people who dwelt in the promised land, the land that was promised to them, and here the Philistines with this big dude, trying to take away their positions. In the background of your mind, you know kind of where the back burner is? Start stirring some things there and ask yourself this question, how am I being lied to? What is the devil lying to me about and trying to steal from me? I'll try to touch on a few of those things from my perspective. All right. So... He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels, which as you know is 125 pounds, right? On here, Can you imagine that? 125 pounds of butter. It's difficult enough getting out of Walmart with your normal stuff. Can you imagine coming out with 125 pounds of butter? Big dude. Hey, some of you might, I don't know. All right, so on his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was a weaver's rod, and that's thick, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels, which, as you know, is 15 pounds. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Awesome sight. If you're on the Philistine side, you're champion going forth. Man, that dude was big. And you just feel a sense of, hey, they're not going to be able to put someone up next to him. Is there more than one freak of nature around? I don't think so. We've got this guy, and we're ready to go. They were confident, man. They were saying, bring it. Bring it on. We're ready for this. So Goliath stood, and you'll see how he made his first mistake. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But... If I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel, God's chosen people. Do you see his first mistake? Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, sadly, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Bingo. Bingo. Intimidation will terrify you and dismay you. When you face your giant... When you hear the first report from the doctor, and I will tell you, I've learned over time, the doctor has to give you the first report. He has to tell you, you're gonna die tomorrow. Okay, he knows you're probably not, but he has to tell you that it's called liability. Okay, he carries big liability insurance. Now, if he told you, you're gonna live another two weeks and you died tomorrow, we're gonna sue this guy. Right? That's how it works in America. But sadly, the doctor's going to give you the worst report. Hey, I've visited a few with members of my family. I've listened to the report, and I'm thinking, no way, Jose, you have to tell us that, but I'm not going to go home and worry about it. I know my God is bigger than that word you just mentioned that would seek to steal my joy, steal my health. If I bought into that lie, I would be stolen from, I'd be discouraged and dismayed, just as the Israelites were. Ordinary people, and at that time, an ordinary God. They didn't see what God had in store for them. They did not fully understand the promises of God for the land of promise, Israel. And so they were not willing to stand up and fight. Early in my life as a father, I was younger then. I'll tell you what, a lot of people laugh and I don't know why, but I was very shy, okay? I say was, I guess it's just the extraordinary of God. You know, just a gentle giant. I'm not going to harm you. I'm just here. And you know, I carried that kind of gentle attitude and if you know how I'm wired if you do my I said this you heard that class one day right you'll know that my wiring is peace baby (laughs) serenity calmness Uh, if, if we're arguing we're gonna see both sides we're just gonna have a peaceful quiet time good diplomats okay but just peace so here we get married And all I'm wanting is peace. We start to have children. And I'm seeing my peace virtually destroyed. But I'm determined (laughs) to stay, not to tell anybody, right? Okay? Not to tell on. But I will tell you, it destroyed my peace. All of a sudden, I had responsibilities that I didn't really feel like I'd signed up for. And so what happens in a situation like that, and you might know some fathers who kind of just laid back, the kids are breaking the house down, it's on fire, the kitchen's burning down already, and the guy's just sitting there, peace, peace. Don't don't worry, guys, don't worry. Well, I'll tell you something right there. That's where you make your big mistake, okay, and you learn the hard way, right? I had to rise up in myself. I had to show up in the family. I had a responsibility as a father. If I had adopted that attitude, the devil would have stolen everything from us. I had to back up my wife. If she saw situations, I backed her up. I wanted to be in a situation where the kids didn't run to dad, and dad said yes, but mommy had said no. We'd have to check on each other. Sometimes we made mistakes. But you know how kids are. They're going to go to the one that they can get around. Well, I very quickly learned that if I had that attitude, I was going to be destroyed. I'd be constantly frustrated. So I learned to stand up and be responsible. And I think that's very important. God showed me the same thing. One day, I was just looking through the promises of God and thinking about my life. And God said, Graham, look at this. There's spiritual warfare going on. There's a battle. Your spiritual kitchen's on fire, okay? Your spiritual kids are running around (laughs) doing all kinds of things. That's all happening out there, and you're not seeing it. He opened my eyes, but he said, look, people walk into your house and take your TV. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and say, peace, peace, bro? Have at it. I can get another one. No, that's my property. I was being stolen from. God said, when someone's coming to steal from you, you've got to stand up. You've got to fight for it. It's valuable. Your valuables are being stolen. I'll tell you what, you have other valuables as well. You have prosperity. You have health. You have salvation. You have a future. God has anointed each one of you. He has a plan for your life. I want to go back to your back burner. How is God stealing from you? Sorry, how's the devil stealing from you? Slip of the lip. How is the devil stealing from you? Here's an interesting one, and I'm glad that I have a sense of humor. Getting old. You start to... Think that you're losing your strength, the devil will lie to you no end. All right? You've got to fight those lies. You've got to recognize that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. And you know what? There's no age limit. You know what frightened me? I read my Bible. There's no retirement in that Bible. (laughs) Hey, swing low, sweet chariot. (laughs) Ready for to take me home. But I'll tell you what, until that moment, that chariot's got to come down there to Home Depot or wherever God places me and snatch me up like Elijah. Elijah. Elijah didn't retire. Think, hey, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to hand over to Elisha. No. If you read the story, he kept Elisha waiting. Elisha was ready. He said, hey, give me that anointing. I need that stuff for my life. God's called me. Give it to me. Elijah said, nah, come with me tomorrow. Or, nah, meet me by the brook. Nah, hey, hang on. But one day, my Lord, my Lord, the chariots of heaven. And Elijah's saying, yeah. Right on time. And so his Uber arrived right at the right place, right at the right time. But I want to say this don't let the devil steal from you until your Uber or your Lyft arrives or your sweet chariot swings low enough for you to jump in there because we still have breath, we still have energy, we have a part to play. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a little bit older and you think, nah, I'm going to leave it to the young guys, or gee, you know, I don't think I've got much to do, I don't have a lot of energy left, etc. You have a part to play. Yeah. Hey, it's, uh, what do they say? It's not retired, it's refired. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm just about finished with my first point, and that's good. I've got a couple more here. But... I just wanted you to see that. I, I will tell you, frankly, if that's all you heard today, that's a good place to start. All right? Folks, I'll tell you, even though you feel good about yourself, things might be humming, the devil's stealing from you. He's stealing from you. As many ways he can steal. You can be in, 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 in a false theology, a false understanding of God, and not recognize that God not only wants you to have a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ... But he wants you to be filled with the power of his Holy Spirit. And he wants to take you on. He wants to use you. There are no exceptions. We're ordinary people and we're just ready for God to work. All right. So, how does the story go? Well, it just so happened that David was doing a little bit of Grubhub, he was doing a little bit of DoorDash, okay? His dad said, yeah, take this pizza down to the boys on the front line. So he just got into his Grubhub vehicle, and he was off, man. Nice, smart pouch with keep the pizza warm, chocolate cake from mama on the other side, figs and dates and stuff for the superior officers, because, you know, you've got to keep them happy so that they will look after you as well. So there's David, by the grace of God, in the right place at the right time, just a little shepherd boy. What did David do when he came on the scene? Let's have a look at verse 23. In verse 23, as he was talking with them, those are his brothers, Goliath, okay, Goliath, okay, the Philistine champion from Gath, ta-da, he stepped out from the lion's and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Number one, he heard it. David saw it. There was something that didn't sit right in his soul. Thought to himself, that ain't right. There's something wrong here. I'm going to put my finger on it, but there's something wrong. So he saw it. Didn't line up with God's promises. It didn't line up with the word of God. It didn't line up with his covenant with God. He was a shepherd. What was he doing? As a shepherd, he's watching the flock being stung by a couple of bees, got the mosquitoes buzzing around, but he's been charged, been charged with shepherding the flock. He's protecting the assets of his family. He's watching like the watchman on the wall of the city, like the watchman that we have in every church, in every community. People are watchmen they're watching. David took that attitude of watching as a shepherd down to the front lines. It was an attitude that he operated in. Why? Because every now and again a bear would come along and he'd just rip it to pieces with his bare hands. You know the normal kind of things that ordinary people do? If it was a lion, uh, just another lion, hey, let me take care hold my bear. I need to just take care of this. And so, well, hey, sheep talk, right? I mean, you can talk to them. I knew one named Basil. uh, Yeah? Okay. Dad joke? Dad joke? Okay. So here he is, an ordinary shepherd boy, but you see the attitude that's building up in front of him. Hey, God, there's a bear. Okay, take care of it. I'm with you. And he's learning that God is with him. He's learning to be watchful. He's learning to take note. He's learning the the promises of God. He's got his guitar out there. He's singing psalms. He's just worshiping God. He's playing all these songs. And if you look at those songs, they are great. They are worshipful. They are deep. That shows a deep understanding of God. And so there he was. Jesus said, watch and pray. Do you have that attitude? with your families, with your community, with your nation? Are you watching? Are you praying? What happened next? Verse 26. All right. Got it. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? What is this uncircumcised? There's meaning in that, folks. Circumcision was the sign of the covenant. This dude was outside of the covenant. That's what he's meaning. Okay? What, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies? Of the living God right first thought he had the same right verse 32 he goes to Saul David said to Saul look at this listen to his reaction let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him gosh folks they loved not their own lives even unto death. I'm just amazed. Thank you for your service today. If you've been in the military, man, you loved not your own life even unto the possibility of death. Thank you. We have peace. We have freedom because you showed up. You felt the responsibility in your life. Thank you. We appreciate it. And so, what happened? He saw, next thing, he submitted. He didn't just see and say, yeah, I'm going to kill this guy, let's go, charge. He didn't react like that. He submitted it. I must say, there are times I have reacted like that, but he didn't. He submitted to the authority that was there. He sought counsel. He sought godly counsel. I bet he said a few prayers. I bet he was speaking to God while all this was happening. And I'll tell you that the Spirit of God was speaking to him too because God wanted Israel to be delivered. When you see your giant, go and seek godly counsel. Go to godly people who know the Word of God, who know the promises of God, and who will encourage you to be an overcomer. God will give you a battle plan. You know that? He will give you scripture that you can hold on to and see you through. I had a boss, owner of the business. He'd had prostate cancer. They had overkilled in terms of the process. He was in deep pain. He told me one day, Graham, I bought... um, There's a church called Cornerstone. He said... I bought this CD on healing scriptures. I couldn't get to sleep. I played the CD. He said I was in sleep in 15 minutes, just listening to the promises of God. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, in the Word of the living God. I want to encourage you. There's a way through your situation. There's a way through your battle. We used to sing. It's okay, I'm gonna sing. Through our might, through our God, we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down the enemy. We'll sing and shout the victory. Christ is King. And then we all dance around the church. Hallelujah. Okay? Isn't it exciting? Through our God, we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down the enemy, will sing and shout the victory. Christ is king. So what did he do? He saw, he submitted, he took action. He didn't sit around saying, oh, God's going to take care of this. Sure, God's going to take care of it. Remember, you presented your body as a living sacrifice. He's saying, hey, you... He'll usually use your name. He'll say, take care of this. How's God going to take care of it? He's going to take care of it through you and I because we have presented ourselves as a living sacrifice. Now listen, James 2, I'm not going there because I wrote it out. 17, listen to this, you know it. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. If you don't have a battle plan and you don't go forward with your battle plan, your faith in God is literally dead. Not your faith. But what happens to your witness, what happens to that moment, what happens to you instead of the giant, is a death. Yes, you had faith. It is right to have faith. We need to have faith. We need to have faith in God, but God calls us to action. Okay? If I see somebody stealing my TV... Oh, I don't know why my TV the valuable thing. But anyway, I'm in America. All right. So if I see somebody stealing... Oh, maybe my cell phone. See somebody stealing it. If I don't take action with a plan from God... And I can rugby tackle, right? Down. Just a running tackle. If I don't do anything... My faith in God is dead. I can sit there and say, "Oh God, please destroy this guy with lightning. Please slam the door shut and lock it and bar it." No. No. You do that. You take action and be nice, of course. So faith, listen to this. I'm going to This is pivotal right here. Okay? Listen up. Faith without authority and power, faith without authority and power, is dead. The action that you take, the action that David took, was under the authority of God, and it was by the power of God. He claimed to nothing. David didn't take on the armor, and there's a lot of good points there. I'm not dealing with that. He didn't take on the army. He wasn't used to it. He wasn't built for that armor. But you know what David was? If he was fighting in the army, he would be a slinger. Okay? He's not an armed combat guy. He's too small. He's but a boy. He's not going to go in there with a big sword, helmet, etc. He's going in with a sling because he's in the artillery. He's gifted in artillery. So he goes in with a sling. He didn't fight fair. He fought well, and he fought clever. And he knew in any spiritual battle, when you're dealing with demonic forces, you take off the head. All right? You take off the head. Don't go for the kneecap, man. You can always kick him in the kneecap if you you can get your aim right. It's like, cops, why don't we just shoot them in the leg? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's hard enough to shoot them in the body, right? So the point is here, in any battle, you take off the head. Cops know. They don't, with drug dealers, and, and tell me afterwards if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, the cops don't go after the people who are doing drugs. They go after the people who are dealing in drugs. They follow the line up. Because they're going to take out the main dude. When you take out the main dude, you got the big guy. I mean, I remember when Home Depot was being stolen blind, blind. So a lot of you wouldn't believe how much shoplifting goes on. Well, one day, the guy who's in security, an ex cop, thank God for cops, he came and he said, Hey, we got the big one. Baba, that was his name, had come into the store. And they knew Baba. You know what? I don't know if it was a football tackle, but they took him down to the floor. And they drug him up there. And they took care of the shoplifting for a couple of months. But when you take out the head, you've got the whole thing. Game over. Game over. And you'll see. That's exactly what happened. But I'm going to just finish off. Actually, this is my finish off. They all breathed a sigh of relief. Do you understand that there's a difference between authority and power? Yes. Good. Authority is exousia in the Greek. Power is dunamis. Dunamis, you get the word dynamite, dynamo, dynamic. Right? That's the power to get things done. They knew that in the old mining days. Hey, who's going to chip, chip, chip? way at this wall, when we can just stick a stick of dynamite in there and blow the whole thing apart. Right? Faith and authority is not enough, folks. It's not enough. Paul, in 2 Timothy 3.5, if you want to make a note of that, 2 Timothy 3.5, he says and he's talking about the end times you can be talking about any time because it's a principle having a form of godliness but denying the power he says shun them okay chosen followers listen to this i analyzed this while i was sitting there watching it for about the fifth or sixth time love the chosen okay if you're not watching Get on to it. Love it. Nicodemus, my heart goes out to him. Nico, he's such a wonderful guy. He's a Pharisee. He has authority. He understands the word. He has faith. Do you know his most devastating moment? He went in the chosen right he went to mary magdalene those demons took a charge of him they chased him out he didn't chase them out jesus came along jesus had faith jesus had authority jesus had power those demons fled because of the power the authority and the faith of Jesus Christ. Folks, you have that same authority. You have that faith. You have that power through the power of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Guys, I've taught you a lot. We've been together a long time now. I mean, it hasn't all been good, but most of it's been good. Wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Don't start doing stuff in your own strength. Faith, authority, and power. Nicodemus is shattered by the fact that he didn't have power. He had the faith. He had the authority. Here's a little something for you. There were three girls in Korea at the height of the Faith movement. These three girls were going to a conference. They came to a flooded river. They looked at the river and they said to themselves, Our God is the same God as Peter. Peter walked on the water in the biblical account. We can walk on the water. They stepped out on the water. Their bodies were recovered three days later. It devastated the faith movement. You can't express your faith without having the authority of God, because I will say this too. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the spoken, the raimers of God in your heart, which says, I can do this. It doesn't come by just saying, hey, i got faith. God said it in his word, I'm out there. You've got to move submitted to God. When you see something and you're going to call it and you're going to move on it and you're going to take action, you're going to, but you're going to submit it first to God and say, God, how do we handle this? And so David operated in all three. He saw it, he had faith. He submitted it, he got God's plan. And he carried it out. Verse 45, and I'm done. Kind of. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I have come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord, he's moving into prophecy, this day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your stinking head. No, he didn't say that. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will go, give all of you into our hands. Hallelujah. Through our God we shall do valiantly. It is He. Right? See, that's, we kind of break off into that. You can see I'm just an old charismatic, okay? But, hey, not so much old. Um, do you see that? Did your spirit soar today? Do you see when you come against that, whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. His, be- his report says I am healed. His report says I am free. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> Amen? I better stop. This is, I'm, I'm kind of not feeling so old anymore. Okay. Hey, all the rest was history. Jesus gives us the authority. The Holy Spirit gives us the power. We are a blessed people. We are ordinary people, worshiping, submitted to an extraordinary God. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah, folks. Friends, I don't know where I'm going. Hang on. I feel safer here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Let's ask God just to deepen our hearts today. And honestly, if you're here for the first time, this is a little different, okay? Um, God wants to speak to you. He wants to touch you. His presence is here. We've read the story of somebody who took action. Sometimes it's just a gentle work. It's not a fighting the David, I mean fighting the Goliath and action like that. Sometimes it's just gentle. So I want to say to you, if you're here and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what this place is all about. This is a place where you can receive him into your heart. You can become part of the covenant people of God. We're going to have prayer groups to my left and to my right, just people who are going to pray for you. We're going to do one more worship song. Please, if you have not received the Lord, come today, come to one of these people and say, would you just pray for me? I need God. From what I've heard today, I want to move in that power and in that anointing because God has a plan for my life. So, Father, we thank you and bless you and praise you for your love, grace, and mercy. We thank you that through our God, we shall do valiantly, not because of what we have said or what we do, but, Father, because of the promises of God. And all of your promises are yes and amen. So we bless your holy name today. We thank you, Lord, for your love, grace, and mercy upon our lives and for each one who's here today. Strengthen us in the inner man by the power of your Spirit. And, Father, I just pray for those who have not received Christ that they will just come in humility. Come and receive prayer and be blessed and join us in the kingdom of the living God. Father, I bless your people. Strengthen them. Help them to understand who they are in this kingdom and the place that they are paid. Encourage them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.